Welcome! Hello. This is session two, attempt two, because we've already recorded a whole bunch of episodes, and yeah. then I went to edit it and found we had no sound. Oh, yes, just the joys of, um, the joys of learning how to do this. Yeah, I don't know if the recording was just pulling from the wrong microphone or if it was just lost somewhere but yeah so yeah yeah that sucks <laughs> yeah. especially since you're in school now so we've got a little bit more uh pressure on our time and we're not where we wanted to be yeah we yeah, were close is... to where we wanted to be before we found we had no audio right right yeah we were, it was like all right we're you know we got some stuff, you know, coming down the pike, and it's, you know, it's going to come out as we, you know, hopefully as we want it to, but... Yeah, we, we had... Shit happens. We had recordings through November. Now we're missing a week in October and all of November. Yeah, so... Oh, well. I mean, it's a thing that happens, and we're, we're coming back from it. Yeah. We'll recover. I have no worries. So, take two. Yes, and the good thing about this being take two is we're actually recording this the day after the first episode went up. Oh, yeah. Um, Exciting. It is. We've got people listening and watching already. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm super stoked. Um, We have people subscribing on various channels. Um, We're on Spotify right now, which is a big... Thing that I wanted. We're on Google Podcasts, and in one to forty-nine hours, we should be on Apple Podcasts. Mm. Somewhere in that <laughs> range of hours. Um, we're also on a few other places. Um, in the, if you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be in the description where you can find us. Um, if you're not on YouTube. Then you know where to find us, because you found us. Yeah, no explanation <laughs> needed. Um, so, we're going to be talking about the ruins of Berez today. Yep. And that is from Curse of Strahd. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, well, I got but, to do this, but you didn't get to do this. When correct. Correct. Uh, one more quick thing before we get into it, though. So remember, this is supposed. Um, this was going to be originally. This week was going to be the uh, part two of Yesterhill, but Yesterhill ended up being one episode. So mm. that's where we're fitting this in. There, there's still a couple of mentions about this week being week two of Yesterhill. Oh, okay. Uh, both in last week's episode and next week's episode, which is our Halloween episode. Um, I just finished editing that the other night. I really enjoyed that episode. I think that's going to be a good one. Awesome. Uh, I had to cut out almost 20 minutes of stuff, though. It was a really long episode. We we got really tangenty. Hey, you know what? You gotta have fun. <laughs> Okay, so yes, Berez. Um, I've got to play in it. You've got to run it. Yeah. I have not run it. You have not played it. Although I don't think you've played any of Curse of Strahd. No. Nope. My only experience has been as a first-time DM. So. 
There you go. So why do people go to Berez? Right. So um, as one of the sort of, um, I guess, plot points of, of the adventure is that um, people really love their wine yes. in Barovia. It's like one of the only things people get some enjoyment out of. Well, I mean, there's also the um, pastries, but we'll go over the pastries when we talk about Barovia, the village of. Yeah. So, yeah, not a lot of options to, I guess, escape from the terribleness that is the domain of Strahd. So, um, the reason that a party would adventure to Berez is that they know that one of the gems from the winery... And stolen. the winery has several magical gems that help their grapes grow. Yes. Yes, these magical gems um, create... There's, there were originally three. Yes. Um, one was lost a long time ago that may or may not be discovered at some point in the adventure. Um, and then the other two... Um, had been taken more recently much more recently um one of which the uh Mardikov family who tends the or runs the uh, uh winery the winery and the vineyard they know um that some scarecrows took off with one of the gems yes and uh the scarecrows are their home base is Berez right so, um, in our adventure, the group had met up with Esmeralda. Yes. Um, and she is uh, von Richten's, I guess, former apprentice is... Right, they had some kind of falling out. Um, she's also of Astani. She is. However, she... She's a bit of an outcast, it seems like. Yes, because she's a good Vistani. Mm-hmm. And... I know we've talked about this. I don't remember if it was in an episode that wasn't corrupted um, about the problem with Vistani. That's because they're very much coded as Romani. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at least with, with the people that we tend to play with, um, they pick up on that coding and decide that the Vistani must be good guys. Mm. And they're not. Right. Right. They are, they have a somewhat, I guess I'd say an agreement with Strahd and several of them are actively his like spies and I mean they they minions. all outright work for him. One of the ways that a curseless rod can be started is you can be kidnapped by the Vistani and brought against your will into Barovia. Yeah. Yeah, so when our adventuring party found out that Van Richten uh, had it, had it out for the Vistani that raised some red flags for yes for our party 
and they immediately thought that Ben Richten was a, a racist guy. asshole. Yeah. And that, uh, as we've we've discussed previously, because I'm remembering now, it is in one of the episodes that was lost. Um, one of the big changes, if we ever ran Curse of Strahd again, is we would try and decouple the Vistani from being stand-ins for the Romani and play up kind of in the beginning how evil they are. Yeah. To try and make sure that that connection is not made for our players. Yeah. Even the even the name Vistani kind of I don't know. I think the name could stay, but you would have more work. Um. So yeah, it's. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would be good to find a, a balance for them so that it's not so. Uh, sort of activating yeah uh, I think that's one of the the worst decisions in this campaign and, and keep in mind you know I love Curse of Strahd um, you at least really like it I, I don't I'm not going to speak for you and say you love it as well um so far I'm I am loving it okay so uh no no link to uh fast food Gene <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're we're in that post whatever that was from wendy's world now anyway let's get back to berez because i don't want to go into that corporate hellhole um yeah so they go here because of the gem and we had teamed up with Esmeralda in our journey. Yep. And we found out there was a hag in Berez. Right. I can't remember if you guys knew there was a hag before or We we did. Uh the Martikovs let us know that there was a hag there. Okay. And then we did some scouting and met with a sketchy woman. Yes. Across the river from the village. Yeah. You were signaled by um, a woman, and you guys were very suspicious of her. Rightfully so. You're in a strange world. <laughs> in a I strange mean, we're, village. We're, we're suspicious of everyone. Yeah, exactly. Except the Vistani. Right. They seem cool. Um... So you talk with this lady, and she kind of gives you a bit of information yep. about uh, what's going on in the village. Um, you guys walk away from that believing she is the hag, and she's just kind of toying with you. Yes. Uh, there really isn't any other explanation that comes to mind. Even, you know, it's what, like three weeks later, or no... We meet once a month, so it's closer to three months later. Mm-hmm. And I still can't think of who else she would be. Yeah. Not that we care. Yeah. Um, but surprisingly, you didn't kill her, so that's good. <laughs> I think that was because we were like, okay, we're on a scouting mission now. If she's the hag, we'll just kill her tomorrow. 
Um, thinking about it, we should have tried to kill her. I don't know why we didn't. Um, yeah, because she appeared to be alone. Well, you say it like that, and then that, that sets off the DM red flags of clearly she wasn't. Because you say she appears to have been. Well, my style is to be very, um, uh, leave it up to interpretation. Yeah, no, I'm not giving anything away. So, um, you guys end up talking to this lady, and then you go back, um, just outside the village, and you guys camp out and prepare for a big fight. Yes. The next day. And Berez is an abandoned village. Basically, at one time, was a fully functioning village with um, a burgomaster and um, at some point, the Curse of Strahd laid waste to this village and um, it's sunk into a marshy gross rotting place of yes where eggs hang out um and the map for Berez has the same problem as the map for Yester Hill only worse because I'm looking at it and it says one square equals a hundred feet yeah so the scaling of that is even bigger um because Yester Hill is 50 feet right yeah and it uh, it I think this map would be great if there was also a tactical map that focused on the part of the town that the battle's going to happen in. Yeah. Yep, I agree. It's good to have, like, the um, zoomed-out lay of the land. Yep. So that you can um, visualize kind of how you want to go into the village and what you want to encounter. Yes. Um, Which you guys had. Um, I've just kind of, in terms of maps, um, I have a bunch of the, the maps, um, yeah, you, printed out. You printed them out in large, large format, mostly, especially for the ones that are, um, normal scale. Yeah. One square, five feet scale. Um, so I showed you guys this map and then from that I tried to kind of like improvise a more tactical map, um, but what I tried didn't really work um, because the scale was just too big in terms scale, of what, how you guys decided to approach. The scale's really big, and we did a plan that, in hindsight, was really dumb. Yeah, split the party up by hundreds of feet. <laughs> split the party up by thousands of feet. Yeah. Um, we split the party in two... One of the groups, the one that I was in, got attacked, and you did the math, and you're like, okay, in 13 rounds, the other party can join. Yeah. And I think we made it through three rounds, and it was like an hour and a half, two hours later. It was a really long fight with the other group just kind of twiddling their thumbs the whole time. Yeah. So, um, as a first-time DM, I can get caught up in, like, the whatever's happening right in front of me. 
but as time wore on it became clear like this isn't fun for the people who are in the other the other part of the party and just have to wait until their characters could arrive at the battle so we decided to um sort of hand wave a bunch of rounds yeah just say that they made it um Uh, so i i as a player i've got a couple of of observations from that Uh, mm -hmm. number one this was a couple of sessions after yester hill and you would clearly learn from Yester Hill mm-hmm. by that point. Because um, Yester Hill had the same scaling problems and the same problem of you got really focused in on the battle to the detriment of the party. Mm-hmm. And this time you were able to um, pull back in the battle-wise and then just go, wait a second, I can see where this battle is going. That's not a place I want it to go. Uh, because I, so it started off with, I, I sent a fireball at the scarecrows and just scarecrows are gone. Mm -hmm. I killed all the minions in a single hit because scarecrows are vulnerable to fire. Yep. And then we got fireballed. And then as we were in the process of scattering, she put down a noxious cloud, I think it was. Mm. <laughs> it, it was one of those spells, some sort of... Might have been cloud kill or something Might like have that. been cloud kill. Um, something along those lines. It, just a damaging cloud spell. Yep. Um, and then I sent a fireball at her... And those more than planned fireballs is what got the other group to start running our way. Mm-hmm. And then a few rounds of combat happened. And then you were just like, okay, and the hag starts flying away. And that's how we were able to skip a whole bunch of rounds. Believably. I'm sorry, I'm a little stuffy right now. Oh, it's that time of year. It is that time of year. So the the good thing was is uh, partway through the fight, as we were starting to finish off the hag, her hut attacks us. Yeah. But the hut attacked right as the other group was joining us. And so while my group was at near the edge of what they could handle... The other group was fresh and was able to take on the hut. Right. Yeah. Um, it seemed to work, even though I felt super unsure in the moment how it was going to play out, because I was basically winging it. Yeah. Um, it ended up working out. It ended up working out really well. Um I think while there was frustration in the moment, I think we left that session not frustrated anymore. Um, when we went to loot the the hut, um, there was that wooden chest that 
I think we found the glyph and did something to avoid anyone dying from the glyph. Right. I think maybe one person got hit, but it wasn't. Um, I don't kill remember. Anybody. And then I opened the the lid, and four claw, uh, crawling claws came out. Yeah, which are just kind of like they're they're like bugs that you stomp on. Real yeah, fast. we we finished that really fast. And there's a whole bunch of loot in the chest. Yeah. Fun thing, my character learned from uh, the, the crawling claws, and when a, a light brought us to a... Uh, to a, a tower with a chest in the very back, my, my character was just like, no. Um, yeah, your character didn't want to go. No, he, he didn't at all, and they were just like, it's not a will-o'-wisp. I, I don't remember which person said that, and I was just like, yes, it is. <laughs> but he described it as a lantern, not a torch. And Nick, what was it? It was a torch. It was a will-o'-wisp. Yeah, well, I mean, they just, the book described it as a torch, and I mm-hmm. thought that's what I said, so. Oh, well. He- Whichever one you said, it made the the player internalize that as, oh, it can't be a will-o'-wisp, mm-hmm. because it's the wrong thing. Right, right, right. Well, anyway, that yes. was after Berez, but that was Berez, after. and then, so you, um, I don't remember if you guys found the gem um, before or after the chest... But I think you guys we found it at, at about the same time. We looted the chest first, and then the gem. Right. So you find the gem hidden under the floorboards. Um, you see there's a glow coming from under the floorboards, through the cracks. Yeah. Which prompts you to, to check it out. And you get the gem. And all is well. Yes. Um... I feel like that that's a really shortened version of what happened. Mm-hmm. That was a really long fight, but it was... I think the only really notable thing was you were able to cast an illusion on our monk for that unicorn. Oh, yeah. And that wasted, like, a turn or two for, for the monk. Yeah. It was a nice little distraction from uh, any serious um, destruction that monk could have done in those rounds that round or two well wasn't the uh the wit the hag still flying on her like floating skull thing yep yep so the monk really couldn't have done anything yeah that's true our monk is like exclusively a melee melee fighter uh i think it's way of the kinsey monk maybe I don't know. They I do think that or the wave the open hand. They do. They do have those throwing stars, but I mean, not that those do a lot. But. They do. I think they do like one d six damage. Um. So. It it's not. The fight was made really easy because I was able to kill all of her minions in round one. Right. But it was still kind of a difficult fight because it's a hag. Mm-hmm. And we're 
it was half the party and we were level six at the time. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Yeah, it was it was cool to um, run the hag because um, some of the spells that they had access to I'd never done before, which was fun. Yeah, I got to kind of improvise like the illusion of the unicorn. Um, Spellcasting foes are fun. Yeah, yeah, I would say for sure, as a, as. The DM being able to cast some spells is better than just like, oh, this thing bites you or scratches you. <laughs> At least in Barovia, that's mostly what the non-spellcasters do. Yeah. Um, let's see. Anything else important for, about Berez? Um, we didn't. Because in um, explore we didn't March. explore Berez like at all. It's like there's a churchyard. Um, there's a monument to Marina outside of town. Uh, we went to the Standing Stones. That's where we met the woman outside of town. Um, Which was... I, th- I can't remember if... Um, I think it's those Standing Stones that shared some similarities with the Standing Stones near Old Bone, old bone Grinder. Yes. Yes, they did. Um, Which is just a, a cool little sort of uh, historical... Yeah. It's cool background for Barovia. Um, the Hag has a lot of awesome background that we don't know because there's no way for that to be expressed to the players. Right. Um, we're going to run into that problem again when we go to the Abbey, which it sounds like we're doing next session. Though I'm pushing really, really hard to go to the Ember Temple. Because... I have both in-game and out-of-game reasons for that. I mean, you know, number one, the the Ember Temple's just gonna be fun. Um, I've got a really good in-game reason to believe that our card reading does... You know, does want us to go there. I have out-of-game knowledge to know that two of the four things we need to get are in the temple. Yeah. Yeah. So, without just setting, yeah, without stepping out of character and saying to the rest of the group, guys, two of our, of the things we need to get are in this temple. Trust me on this. I'm trying very hard to convince the other players that we need to go to the temple. Right. One, well, I don't think they even know that there. Maybe some of them do that. There is a like there is a temple. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they know like the Ember Temple is a thing. They know there's something somewhere up in those mountains. Yeah. That mm, probably has some interest to you guys. I think they're decidedly uncurious, though. And that's something that I've found with a lot of parties. A lot of groups of players, they don't... If things are not in their direct path, they're really hesitant to go do anything about it. Yeah. Well, I may try to work some more sort of hooks 
in to sort of lay out some reasons for them to feel more interested in going up there. Because um, as far as they know, it's just a place that doesn't have a ton of significance other than there might be there might be something useful there. Actually, I think I have an idea of how to do that. So we're going to talk about this uh, again when we talk about the Death House. But our monk actually died in the Death House. Mm-hmm. And you haven't confirmed this to me, but I'm pretty sure this is right. I think she was resurrected by the Dark Powers, correct? Yep. Okay, those Dark Powers are in the Amber Temple. Like that, that is the, the, what the temple is to. It is the Temple to the Dark Powers. Our Warlock's patron has talked to him and been like, Hey, keep an eye on, on your monk. Maybe he needs to get another... Um, visit from the patron to be like, hey, this thing in the temple that your bard keeps talking about, uh, you know, this thing in the mountains that your bard keeps talking about, that'd be a good idea to check out. As you were saying that, I also got some other ideas. You got some other ideas. So you're getting the juices flowing. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, it should be fun. You guys just gotta, you know, get some warm weather, or cold weather clothes. (laughs) (laughs) A little, a little, um, I guess, in-game reality check about... Yeah. How you guys... That's ridiculously difficult, and... Yeah. Um, yeah, so, sorry, we meandered off from Berez again, but, um, I can't think of anything else other than, yeah, the, the, the scaling issue kind of sucks, yep. but if you can do anything, um, without rail, completely railroading your party, um, have maybe some, maybe one or two or three tactical maps, um, that are to normal scale, ready to go. Yeah. So I think just the the way that the big map flows, the big battle is going to happen in the town square. Yeah. Um, I think it is really easy to lead the players to fight in the town square without... See, because the thing with railroading is it's only railroading if the players think it's railroading. True. So, just... Compel. Or it would be, let them look at the map and have them come to the conclusion that the town square is going to be the best place. Maybe make the town square less marshy than the rest of the town. Yeah. You could do that so that they don't feel as um, apprehensive about entering into that difficult terrain. Uh, yeah, have like all the rest of the town is sinking into the marsh. Um, the town square must be on a little bit of a rise or something because it's not as marshy. And then you take that moment to say, "Hey guys, if you you know in the town square, it's not going to be difficult terrain. It's 
going to be difficult terrain everywhere else. Then they go, okay, I guess we're fighting in the town square then. Mm-hmm. And then you go, well, I have this map for it. And then just let them believe that you have maps for other parts of the town if they had chosen there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a definite way to do it. Um, but there, there is something that we mentioned once or twice, and we're gonna we're gonna have this issue again in the game. Um, and I want to kind of talk about it in a broader sense outside of just Curse of Strahd, and that is really awesome backstories for NPCs that you fight and kill in a single encounter. Or you encounter once or twice and never come back to again. You don't really have a way of finding their backstory. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that issue? Well, I mean, at least in the parties I've played in so far, um, most people tend to just kind of want to fight stuff and be murder hobos. And they're not too concerned about some of the deeper aspects of mm-hmm. the game. So, maybe, I mean, as a DM, it's definitely fun to be able to make it a little more rich with some of that, yeah. some of that cool information. Um, I don't know. Figuring out some way to to drop some of that in to see if anybody's interested in looking at it a little bit more. Yeah, I just... I, I remember specifically there there's a, a scenario I was considering running for Shadowrun. And, um... There's a section entitled Collateral Damage. And it gave the backstory for like 40 or 50 different NPCs where they were going to be encountered in a firefight and that's it. Mm. And yeah, they were going to be encountered in, in several different firefights throughout the scenario and like one of them was you know Billy O'Flanahan age 22 joined this gang because of how poor his family is and his share of the ill-gotten gains he spends on raising his little sister. And, you know, like, this whole paragraph about how Billy's this awesome dude in really bad circumstances, and it's just like, that's awesome. There's no possible way I can communicate that to my players. So I'm going to feel bad when they murder Billy because Billy's shooting a gun at them. Yeah. And they're not going to feel bad because they have no idea who Billy is. He's just gang member number four. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those, one of those burdens that, that the DM has to carry. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, especially because it's in... It's not funny, but I'm laughing because, I mean, yeah, because it sucks. Yeah, and the way with Sh- the way Shadowrun works, it, it, it's not like D&D where you're going to get hit five times before you go down. Even the enemies, 
there was a really good chance that one player shoots Billy once and he's dead. Yeah. And so it's not like, oh, Billy can get hit and then surrender, and this is why he surrendered. No, it's Billy gets mowed down in turn one. Yeah, that's it for Billy. I don't actually remember his name, and his story's not quite that, but it was just a whole list of very similar things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, going back to Curse of Strahd, the abbot, he's a really interesting person. He has, like... So the hag has, like, a page of this is her backstory. It's a really interesting backstory. I think the abbot has almost two pages of backstory. Yeah. Yeah, Um, the abbot has a lot going on. And I'm not sure how we're going to figure that out. Yep. I'm going to have to think about that one. And and the into it yet, the answer might just be, it's something you keep in mind and kind of play him, because you know his motivations. But we never find out those motivations. Yeah, that might end up being the answer too. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But I think this is a good stopping point for uh, today. Yeah, I agree. So, if you're watching this on YouTube and you have questions about Berez or really anything, Curse of Strahd, feel free to drop those in. Yeah, we'll we'll watch the comments. Uh, so far, we've replied to every single comment we've gotten on YouTube. All one comments. Yes. Mm, we are killing it. <laughs> Actually, we're not doing bad, all things considered. Um, I don't know if there's any way to comment on any of the podcast things, but uh, you can definitely find us on Twitter or on YouTube. If you listen to us in podcast form and want to get a hold of us and don't want to use Twitter for whatever reason, you can comment on YouTube. Yeah. We're, we're not going to go, you didn't watch the video, we're not answering you. That's... Um, yes. So yeah, reach out to us. Uh, we'd be more would be more than happy to talk about it. We we really enjoy Curse of Strahd. It is my favorite fifth edition campaign that I've gone through. There's a couple that might be able to topple Curse of Strahd in the future, but I haven't done them yet. Yeah, I think it's the only one that I've gone through at least. A decent a chunk, good of. chunk of yeah. We're 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 in another game where we're going through Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Um, I don't know if that's ever going to be my favorite. Um, it's a mega dungeon. Mega dungeons are cool, but it's a mega dungeon. Yep. Uh, so yeah, again, um, if you're on YouTube, do the YouTube things comment um it doesn't have to be a question Uh, like share subscribe if you're uh if you're listening on podcasts wonderful thank you uh we have a patreon feel free to uh go over there if you think 
that's something you know it if you think what you get from this is worth the disposable income that you have or at least some of the disposable income that you have great um because we don't want you to spend money you don't have to spend i disagree completely (laughs) if you have to not buy groceries this week send us money he is obviously joking I don't want anyone to think that he's serious about that um that's uh that's your opinion (laughs) (laughs) and we're also on twitter uh make sure to follow us there we'll be happy to talk with you there yep and we will see you next week for our halloween episode spooky halloween (laughs) Okay, thank you.